0: right this way it's nice to try someone else's food for a change that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpresscom slash with amax imagine you ask two people the same seven questions i'm mini driver and this was the idea i set out to explore in my podcast mini questions this year we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions including courtney cox rob delaney liz fair and many many more Join me on season three of mini questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
3: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. The NFL dealing with a COVID breakout. Chiefs Chargers coming up tonight. Urban Meyer has been fired. All of that's happened in the last 24 hours. And then you got Deion Sanders. He got the uh, number one recruit in America to go to Jackson State. Travis Hunter recruiting early signing day and... Dion, you know, Dion went to Florida State and uh, he wanted the job at Florida State. Well, he didn't get the job at Florida State, took the job at Jackson State. And now the people at Florida State are really upset because Florida State thought that they were going to get Travis Hunter. He's a defensive back, wide receiver out of Georgia. But uh, Dion got him. And, uh, you know, Dion gave us a heads up a couple of days ago saying, I'm going to shock the world. We're going to shock
4: the world. Here's Dion two days ago. Let me tell you guys this. Um, signing day is tomorrow. I'm going on record to tell you guys we're gonna shock the country. I'm telling you right now, you've heard it from me, we're gonna shock the country. You are not gonna wait to this air to air this what I'm saying. All right, we'll cut it and yeah, every news station. It put that out today. Every news station, I promise you. That was
3: courtesy of Barstool Sports. And I wonder, and he has a partnership with Barstool. And I wonder the impact of name, image, and likeness. What can you give him? Because now you can do it above board. You can just say, look, I'm going to give you a million dollars. You find a sponsor. You know, maybe it's Barstool that's financing this, but Dion has a partnership there. I'm going to guess that, you know, maybe a documentary is going to come out. Maybe in the fall, next fall. Got a lot of coverage out of this. And I thought SMU was going to hire Dion and said I would have hired Dion. I know he hasn't coached before or he has very little coaching experience or he's coached in high school. Okay, you know what happens when you're a coach? You're a CEO. He may not be able to X and O, but he can CEO. And and that's the difference. Dion can hire people who can do that. He's magnetic. He's able to bring people together. Uh, His ego. He's going to win. He's not going to be embarrassed. And, you know, he still has an impact on players. Kids. And then their parents remember Deion Sanders. I mean, these DBs now, they still want to be like Deion Sanders. Coach Prime. I would have hired him in a second. And and there and I do think you're going to have coach you know uh, schools that are going to look towards coaches like Dion, because when you bring them in, there's name recognition, and and you're going to run a football program. It's not just I mean you got to win press conferences. You got to be able to walk into a recruit's home and say to mom, "I got him. I'm going to take care of him," and that's what happened. That's what happened. He said, "I can do that." How many people can do that? You can have some big time recruiters. I mean, Lincoln Riley brought his number one recruit with him to USC. He can't walk into the same living room as Dion can. When Dion shows up, where's I mean, jersey? Where's cowboy jersey? Where's Super Bowl rings? Where's Hall of Fame jacket? He walks in. Now, I wonder how long Dion stays at Jackson State. Because if I'm an athletic director, he got my attention yesterday. Because college football is all about recruiting. We just had Jimmy Johnson on last hour. And he said, hey, talent will give you 10 wins. I mean, it, it's, a, it's an accident if you don't win 10 games at, you know, some of these, you know, blue blood programs. It's about recruiting. You know, we get this guy and we keep this guy away from you. And then maybe you build something here. Now, it's Jackson State. I don't know how they monetize this. I don't know what this player hopes to get there. But if he wants to go to the NFL as a defensive back, I got Deion Sanders. Right? So that's how I I viewed it. And, you know, it's one of the more impactful signings in recent college football history. And I thought it was going to be Arch Manning. And it may still be coming up in another year. But Travis Hunter is different. Cornerback, potential two-way player, decommitted from Florida State, made that announcement yesterday, highest-ranking recruit to sign with a historically black college or university. And then you look at the bigger picture, and, and it seems to indicate that players' ability to market themselves is having an impact. You know, with possible deals with Hunter yesterday, nothing was confirmed, but it's easy to imagine. I mean, what happens if DraftKings, FanDuel, wants to partnership have a partnership with the university? Can you do that? Is it legal? I don't know if there are any rules. If Barstool is helping finance this, that's gambling money. Does college football have a problem with this? No salary caps, right? Now, he's not going to see top-level competition there, but thanks to a new world order in college football, he's going to profit as he builds his brand. And if you talk to these kids, they all think they're a brand. They're told they're a brand in high school. They're treated like a brand. Now they just want to take it to the next level and be a brand. And Dion was able to capitalize on that. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. I don't know how big of an impact, and we talked about this prior to the show, and, and I was probably in the minority. You know, Paulie was big on how important this is going to be. It's still Jackson State. Are you going to watch a game? Can you find a game? Um, it, it's a DB. Are you going to tune in to watch a guy that nobody's going to throw in his direction? Maybe when you watch him on offense? Is Dion going to be there for let's say three years, and then this kid's going to go to the NFL? Uh, do other schools do do this? I think it was Howard University that hired or they recruited Thon Maker's brother, and that was supposed to be a major coup. Um, nobody's talked about Howard and Thon Maker's brother playing basketball. So, you know, Hugh Jackson, former Browns head coach, coaching a, a historically black college. Uh, you have Eddie George, former Heisman Trophy winner. You know there are, there's name recognition there, but are you going to have this wave of talent going to historically black colleges and universities? And if so, can you parlay that into a TV deal? Can you get on the mothership or, or Fox? You know, Dion is going to have groundwork laid now. How do you maximize that? And is he going to stay there? Because What if he's offered a major job? Which shouldn't be out of the question. What if it's a mid-level? What if it's an upgrade? What if it's a Mac job? What if it's a a Big 12 job? Would he take it? I would hire him because he's dynamic. and, And he's got the pedigree of, I did it. And he's got name recognition. And you just bring in the people who can do the things that you're not good at. And that's why I think Dion, I'm not surprised he's, he's successful at Jackson State. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was successful at the next level. Not at all. Because he has something that very few coaches have he did it. He walks the walk, he talks the talk, and he's magnetic. He walks into the living room. And anytime we've been around Dion, there's before Dion, and then there's after Dion. But when he comes on the show, when he walks in, it's it's prime time. You know, you know he's there, and he is he's magnetic. Yeah, club.
5: Different sport, but this formula in college basketball has not worked that
3: well. Like I'm no. thinking of Clyde Drexler, Chris Mullen, Patrick Ewing, Jawan Howard. It's worked. Yeah. Ewing, it's been okay. They had a big win against Syracuse, but you're right. Chris Mullin didn't work out. Clyde the Glide, uh, but Dion to me is different. Football is different too, right? Dion's De- got a, a personality that's different from every one of those guys you mentioned. Like he, he's charismatic. He's a household name. You know, you got to be a little bit older. Remember Molly, uh, Ewing, Clyde the Glide. Dion is still relevant. And, 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 as he said in an interview with the mothership I walk in, it's different than anybody else who walks in there and he's right. Now, I don't know what this means. Bigger picture. I'm probably smart, not smart enough to understand that. I don't know if, how long he stays. Uh, can you get more recruits like this? And what do you do with that? You know, can you turn it into, you know, Eddie Robinson was at Grambling, probably coached 60 years, uh, But he would send players to the NFL, but it wasn't like you went, boy, I really want to watch grambling football. You would want to see grambling football players because they were going to play in the NFL. But as far as the competition, you know, it was uneven. Uh, Walter Payton, when he was at Jackson State, I'd only heard of him. Now it's different now because there, there are very few secrets. You can't hide anybody. You know, Steve McNair. At Alcorn State. You know, you'd heard about Air McNair. But, you know, now it feels like Lenore Ryan. You can get a defensive back from there, and you'll know about him. Uh, You know, this kid, he'll already be on the radar for NFL scouts. But as far as the competition there, the tune-in factor, uh, how do you monetize this? You know, are people showing up to watch this? That's what I'd be curious about. Yeah, Paul.
6: Same here. I'm curious if like, now the SWAC can call ESPN or Fox and say, can we get a bigger TV deal, better TV deal, maybe like a Mac deal where now uh, SWAC on Friday nights or Wednesday nights or something like that. Now you got a hook to get in the door. Dion can get you that meeting or get you in the door. Or like a, a school that may have never called someone like Randy Moss. I don't know if Randy Moss ever wanted to coach, but if I was a school in the SWAC, I would call Randy Moss and say, you want to run a program? You want to talk a guy who crosses over and parents would be like, oh, my gosh, he's in our living room? That may not have been a thing two years ago, but now people like to imitate.
3: Yeah. Well, there's only one Dion. Yeah. I mean, Randy's got swag, but he's he doesn't have what Dion has. Yeah, McLovin.
5: I saw an interview with Travis Hunter from before this all happened, and he said he wanted to go to Florida State just because of Dion. That yeah. was the main reason. Yeah. And
1: a lot of young players still emulate him.
3: Oh. You watch somebody with a uh, pick six? They go prancing down the sidelines like Deion Sanders. It's been a long time since Deion played football. All right, a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Andrew in Washington leads us off this hour.
4: Hi, Andrew. Hi, Dan. 5-7, still improving, 165. Thank you. Great sound. Hey, I just had a, a little Urban Meyer thing. You know, you brought it up a lot where he just had complete control at Ohio State, and, and I forgot I mean, I think he forgot about coaching. So you look at coaches versus controllers, you know. Coaches need to lead, teach, develop, have compassion, which I didn't hear of any of those things happening in Jacksonville, you know. You do have to be a CEO, which, but that control that you have of your team needs to, you know, help the players, not hinder the players. And his control seems like it hindered – And his teaching style did not go over well. Um, He didn't change like Tom Coughlin did. You know, that's a good analogy where Tom Coughlin was a hard-nosed coach. He kind of changed his view, had a lot of success, treated his players different. They got two Super Bowls out of it. So um, with all that said, I'll weigh in on the poll question. I still think Urban Meyer will land on his feet sooner than John Gruden. And the reason being is he's already been through this. I mean, he's had – you know, Florida behind him. He's had Ohio State stuff behind him, and he's always been able to maneuver himself into a position to get a better job. So I think in a few years, he'll be back at a coaching job, probably in college, I'm guessing.
3: Yeah, well, I, I could see that happening. Thanks for the phone call. Zach in California. Hi, Zach. What's on your mind today?
4: What's going on,
7: Dan and the Dan Nets? 6-5 whopping 275 of uh, Wanted to touch in on that uh, Urban Myers subject. You know, you just, I've coached for eight years at the varsity level in high school, and I know it's nowhere near the same thing, but I do have friends that play professional sports, and you just can't talk to them like that in this kind of business, and I just don't think you should be pointing fingers at others. And as the leader on the team, you should be, you know, taking responsibility and accountability and all that stuff and not putting others down. You're better off doing the Ted Lasso dance instead of, you know, what he's been doing. (laughs) You know, that's all I got to say. You boys have a great rest of your day. And uh, go Rams, baby. Let's go. Thank you, Zach. Yeah,
3: you come in and this is how you coach and this is how you're successful. And then you think that you can still do that when you get to the NFL. You know, we we ask players to change. We should be asking coaches to change, too. And I, it always amazes me when a coach will yell at you and he wants you to have discipline, but he's undisciplined while he yells at you for making sure that you're disciplined, throwing, you know, his headset down. Bob Knight would do this all the time. He'd yell at his players you know, show composure and be disciplined and do all the things I say while he's undisciplined in doing what he's doing. Saying what he's saying.
6: Yes, yeah, he I can't tell you the amount of times I've seen either like say one of my son's coaches or a coach on the other sideline at like a soccer game going screaming, Calm down <laughs> Relax And you're like, Dude, you're
3: screaming at them like that. There's nothing calm about what you're doing. Calm down! Who should Jacksonville hire? We'll talk about that coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. You get finished golfing, lifting weights or running. uh, Your body doesn't recover the way it used to. It's all about sore muscles, post-workout discomfort, popping up in new spots all the time. That's why I'm grateful that there's Level Select CBD sports creams and Roll-Ons. I use the Roll-On just about every day. Carson Palmer uses it, Ricky Fowler, Steve Garvey. Level Select CBD formulated with doctors. There's this high concentration of CBD. That's not THC. People get that confused. They're like, well, is there THC? There's 0% THC. And the high concentration of CBD allows you to feel it work immediately. You apply it to the sore spots. Let that proprietary blend of CBD go to work, and it'll go to work in about 30 seconds. Go to levelselectcbd.com and make sure you use the promo code DP30 because that will give you $30 off your entire order. So $30 off, levelselectcbd.com, promo code DP30. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
8: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: He joins us on the program. Albert, thanks for joining us. Why was Urban fired last night?
5: I think it just reached the point of no return, Dan. I mean, look, the bottom line is, um, you know, after everything that had happened over the course of the last, you know, two months going back to October. Um, you know, I think the question Shad Khan had to ask himself was, are people in this building still responding to Urban Meyer? Um, and, you know, sometimes perception can become reality. And, um, you know, I, I think when the you know, report from NFL.com, uh, you know, Tom Pellicero did a great job with that last week. Um, You know, when that surfaces and, you know, then you have, um, you know, the former kicker, Josh Lambeau, coming out and saying what he said said to Rick Stroud um, yesterday, you know, the green light's on for everybody who has an issue, everybody who has an ax to grind to come out and say something about it. And at that point, you know, the question becomes, is this the right environment for our young players to be in over the next month? And clearly, you know, the answer to that question for Shad Khan was no, the situation was untenable going forward. And that's why he had to make this
3: move. What do you think is going to happen with that contract? It's a great
5: question because I don't know. Like I don't know that you can fire him for cause for the Lambo thing because I mean, like logistically, and I'm not a lawyer, but like logistically, I look at it and it happened in August. And if it happened in August and Shad Khan knew about it and decided to go forward with him yeah. and let him coach out three quarters of an NFL season, um, then in his mind, did it really like rise to the level of a fire? for cause sort of offense uh logic would tell you no um so i mean my guess is behind the scenes some sort of settlement has worked out and that maybe we never hear about that but um you know i don't know that they can really fire him for cause based on what we've seen to this point um and and based on what we know to this point as unhealthy as that building was and the one thing that i think would maybe potentially rise to that level was something that, that 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 happened in august and that according to all accounts the owner knew about right after it happened
3: who's more likely to get another job first urban or john gruden i don't
5: think either of them work in the nfl again <laughs> uh, um i mean i'll just be honest well urban, like I,
3: urban can't but college
5: yeah. And I just I, like, so I talked to Urban about this in the summer, Dan, and I didn't sense a great desire to go back to college. And I, and I think the main reason why is because I think recruiting had worn him out. Um, I think the 24 7 nature of it, you know, had sort of become an issue for him as he had gotten older. And I think any coach that's moved from college to the NFL would tell you. You know, one of the biggest benefits is getting away from basically having to live your life 24-7 through a phone at the whims of 16 and 17-year-olds because recruiting controls who wins and loses at that level, you know? And so um, I, I don't know that he would want to dive into the world of recruiting, not to mention what it's become since he left with NIL, with the Transfer Portal, and everything else. And so, um, you know, maybe like that's just, you know, his obsession with competition pushes him back into it but I think if you asked him right now, he'd probably tell you he's probably coached his last game.
3: Yeah. I just don't see it. You know, these guys are so <laughs> ego maniacal and yeah. I mean, he's only 57. He might appear to be an unhealthy 57, but yeah. he's still only 57. And uh, I don't know. These guys all think they can fix something. I mean,
5: the question, the other question though, Dan is right. Like who's going to hire him at this point? Like, like And look, like we've seen cases where guys have gotten back up on their, like Q freeze got back on his feet, right? Bobby yeah. Petrino got back on his feet. So we've seen examples of it, but does Urban want to take a step back? Because I don't know, like would USC hire him right now? No. You know what I mean? Would Texas hire him right now? So him going back to college coaching, what, like what level would that require him going in on, you know? Yeah. And does he want to do that? Like if he doesn't have the stage of an Ohio state or a Florida does he want to go back and coach it? and I don't know, I'll throw a name out there, a, a, like an Iowa State, you know what I mean, or an Oregon State. Like, does he want to do that? I, I don't know. It's hard for me to see because, you know, if recruiting was an issue for him when he was at Ohio State, boy, let me tell you, it's, it's not going to be easier if you're going to one of those like tier two power five jobs, much less some sort of mid-major.
3: And I could see a scenario where Ryan Day eventually goes to the NFL. Yeah. Luke Fickle takes over at Ohio State, and you know, because I've already had uh, a couple of people say, could you see Urban if Ryan Day left going back to Ohio State? And I go, I don't see that. I, I would think that they would look at Luke Fickle before they would. Urban or Mark.
5: Matt Campbell. I mean, like I like there are people who would line up. There are young people yeah. who I, I think would line up for that job. Luke Fickle certainly has the respect of a lot of people um, in that place. And, you know, I think he would be a candidate. And Matt Campbell, I, I can tell you for a fact, Dan, I don't know if this is even out there, but in 2019, 2018, 2019, before they turned to Ryan Day, they took a very, very hard look at bringing Matt Campbell over from Iowa State before deciding to go with Ryan Day. So there are a couple of guys in Fickle and Campbell who are from Ohio where that would qualify as their dream job that I think that that Ohio State would probably go to before they go back to, to Urban. Now, that said, he was an administrator at Ohio State, right? And, you know, he's obviously still close with Ryan Day. So does the possibility exist that maybe he goes back in some sort of administrative role to Ohio State and
3: helps Ryan Day out? I think that's possible. How attractive is the Jacksonville job?
5: Uh, you know, it, it, I think it was way more attractive a year ago because a year ago you had, you knew you were getting Trevor Lawrence. So in either case, 2021, 2022, you're getting Trevor Lawrence last year, you had a blank slate. You had all the cap space, you had all the draft picks and you don't have all of that this time around now, like the, the, the draft picks are on the roster, but you don't get to make those picks yourself. Some of the cap money's spent, so you don't get to spend that yourself, um, you know, so and there are those drawbacks. I don't think the location is the most most, most attractive to, to a lot of coaches going and, and living in Jacksonville, Florida, have to attract players to Jacksonville, Florida. That's not the most attractive. That's not the, the best situation in the league. Um, and then, you know, I mean, the owner hasn't shown that he can win. I mean, let's call it what it is. And I think we all like Shad Khan. Is he more successful than Jimmy Haslam right now? No. As an owner? No, right. Like, like where would he rank? Like based on what he's done in 10 years, where would he rank? Like near the bottom. Right. So like, I think you have to add all those things together. That said, there's still a chance to work with Trevor Lawrence, right? Like there's still a young roster with promising young pieces on it. Travis Etienne, we'll see what he becomes. You got Josh Allen on the defensive side of the ball. Um, You got some veteran pieces like Miles Jack. So like, there's something to work with there. And I think because of the quarterback's attractive, but I don't think it's quite as attractive as it was a year
3: ago. I was wondering, Byron Leftwich, yeah, Bucks offensive coordinator. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. if Tom Brady today had a you know press conference and just said, yeah. you know, hey, I don't know what Jackson's going to do, Jacksonville's going to do, but you know, I I would hate to lose Byron Leftwich, but he's going to be a head coach. Like I don't know, maybe if you jumpstart. That talk, uh, if Eric Bienemy would get a chance here, Brian Dable, who's done a great job with John, yep. y- like you got to get somebody who's going to develop Trevor Lawrence.
5: And that's, I mean, that's the main thing, right? Like, I think you're sort of in the same situation as the Rams were in 2016, and that was a dysfunctional mess on the level of this like the rams were like after their first year in los angeles coaching didn't get along with the front office jeff fisher gets fired with a month left in the season jared goff looked god awful and you remember this dan in year one right and so everything for them was like how do we get things right in general but like how do we create the right environment for our young quarterback that we drafted first overall And what do they do? Well, a lot of people said you need an experienced guy to come in and clean this up. Mm -hmm. They went in the opposite direction. They went completely in the other direction and maybe picked a guy that, you know, it was a year or two early, you know, at least on paper. And it winds up being like as big a home run of a hire as we've seen in the last 10 years in Sean McVay. So, like, I think the idea of bringing in a young guy who can energize your building and who can revitalize your young quarterback is good. Byron which is a good name. You mentioned Brian Dayball. That's another good name. I'd throw Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator who's helped bring Dak Prescott along. He's a good name. I also wouldn't rule out, and this one's going to be, I know that this is sort of a divisive one, Josh McDaniels. I mean, like you look at what he's done with Mac Jones in Trevor Lawrence's draft class, right? And it's not just Mac Jones. If you look at his history, developed Mac Castle into a quarterback who won a division title with another team, developed Jimmy Garoppolo into a quarterback who went to a Super Bowl with another team, developed Jacoby Brissett into a guy who's probably going to spend 10 years in the NFL. He's got great track record with quarterbacks. He's been a head coach before. And I will say this too, Shad Khan, Tony Khan, that ownership group, they listened to Bill Belichick. One of the reasons Doug Marone wound up going from interim coach to full-time head coach in 2017 is because Bill Belichick told the cons, this guy can do it. So they've got history of going to Belichick. Mm. Belichick sort of owes Josh McDaniels one after what happened a couple of years ago with the Giants job and the Panthers job. So it wouldn't surprise me if Bill Belichick went to bat for Josh McDaniels with Jacksonville. And it's not the craziest idea because Josh McDaniels,
3: history of developing quarterbacks is i think at an exemplary level what about doug peterson who yeah won a super bowl and just disappeared
5: right and there are some interesting you know like retread names that i think you're going to hear and you know a lot of them are on the defensive side of the ball quite quite honestly like raheem morris todd bowles um dan quinn like those are all good names that i think you're going to hear kind of go through the cycle um, this year, like I think Doug Peterson's another one that's a good name, mm. and you know obviously like Carson Wentz benefited early in his career. Now you know one sideways later on, but you look early in his career, Doug Peterson was able to build a staff and bring it in like Frank Reich as his offensive coordinator and John D. Filippo as his quarterbacks coach. A staff that was able to support the young quarterback. And they got him playing at an MVP level by year two. And I know that team, you know, didn't go to the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz, but they went to the Super Bowl with Car- with, with, with the team that Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate for. So I think Doug Peterson is a name that you kick around and and, and, and makes a lot of sense. And the beauty of it, Dan, here's the thing. They, they've got a month now, you know, before, yeah. you know, the the before we get to Black Monday and they're even allowed to hire somebody. And so... I think you look at it if you're them, this gives you the chance to cast a wide net. You don't need to focus on first-chance first, first chance guy, retread guy, defensive guy, offensive guy. They've now got the time to cast that wide net and look at whoever they want to look at.
3: What's the current state of uh, COVID in the NFL, and are any games in jeopardy?
5: And Well, it's it's interesting because I don't think – so, like, the NFL will tell you that they're not considering postponing games. Um I think it's going to be much hard it'll be much harder to move games this year than it was last year mainly because you got fans in the stands. Like is, last year, yeah. Is there a forfeit policy? The forfeit po- yes, but the forfeit policy is only goes into effect if the spread within a building can be traced to an unvaccinated player. In other words, like oh. if I'm unvaccinated and I bring it into the office, like then the team can be held responsible for that. Okay. If the players who have passed it around are vaccinated, then the league has said they'll do what they can to accommodate everybody i mean i think they're going to do what they can to, to get these games played part of the issue though dan you know dr alan sills the the chief medical officer for the league went in front of the owners yesterday and basically said to them this is omicron that's why this is happening with the rams that's why this is happening with the browns and the problem we have right now this is more contagious than the previous strains but it's also got milder effects. So basically you're seeing something that's probably gonna spread a little easier, but it's gonna have less of an effect on the people involved. And that's why they've gone to the union and they're talking to the union about finding a way to change the protocols and make maybe significant changes to the protocols so a couple ideas that have been discussed one is incentivizing the booster and if you get this to to say to players if you get the booster then you don't have to test anymore i don't think that one's going to happen a second idea that i i think makes maybe a little more sense is if you test going back to daily testing and then if a guy tests positive and he's asymptomatic and he's vaccinated He can stay in the building. He just has to mask and distance, and he can play because there's been no evidence of on-field transmission of the virus. One way or another, with how quickly this spread between the Browns situation, the Rams situation, and really all seven of the teams that are in intensive protocols right now, I think the league is concerned that this is the tip of the iceberg and they are going to be put in certain circumstances where you could have a situation like you had last year in Denver with the quarterbacks or New Orleans with the running backs.
3: Great stuff. Albert, thanks, as always, for joining us. You got it, Dan. Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist for the Monday morning quarterback. Always smarter when Albert comes on. A couple of phone calls here. Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind?
7: What up, though? One time for Chat row. Well, here in Michigan, we don't want to be too petty due to uh, Urban Meyer's exit, but we kind of saw this one coming. I mean, when you get to the point where you just run Columbus, Ohio, And then you go wherever you want to go and do whatever you want to do. You get to the NFL, it's not the same. It really isn't the same. And I kind of feel bad for uh, Trevor Lawrence, the uh, the quarterback, because time after time he had to get up there and make excuses for his coach. Now my question to you, man, is this. If you're a coach and you get offered both jobs, which one would you take? Also, the Dion situation, man. You did a wonderful job. I, I loved your commentary on that. Uh, you hit you hit the nail on the head with Dion cuz Florida state should have had Dion as their coach. But which one would you take man? What what job? Jacksonville or uh between yeah, between Jacksonville and uh Jacksonville, I'm sorry, Jacksonville and the Raiders gig. Oh. I apologize. Oh. Yeah, the the Raiders gig. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff.
3: Um I'd have to look at you know draft picks. They've done a horrible job with their draft picks. They got a new stadium, a lot of momentum there, Super Bowl coming to town. Um you got a you got a good quarterback, solid quarterback, got a good running back, good tight end. They they whiffed big time on draft picks. Jackson, you know how about a third option? <laughs> how about stay I, home. How about I just stay here and do this job instead of, yes. He, Trevor Lawrence, his maturity through this is pretty remarkable. He's, hand, he's handled this about as good as he can. I mean, even in that soundbite we yeah. played in the last hour, yeah. like, he sounds like a veteran. He doesn't sound like, you know, a kid. But imagine if, now, if you're Trevor Lawrence, do you go to ShodCon and say, I'd like to be involved in the coaching search? Now, if I'm Shad Khan, I say, while I like that my quarterback is doing that, I'm going to tell him, no, we, you don't have experience here. Unless you're going to tell me about Davo Sweeney, uh, no. I, I'm, I, I'd rather not put you in a position where I tell you we're not going to hire the guy you want us to hire. I would not. You haven't done anything. You've got to worry about being a good quarterback. Don't be involved in the coaching search. But Shad Khan can say, you have my word. I will find the best person to help develop you. Which, of course, he thought he had. Gus in Los Angeles. Hey, Gus, what's on your mind?
7: Good morning, Mr. Patrick. Hope all is well. Uh, Really quickly, before I get into the urban, I think McLovin, hate that I'm not going to be able to see in February, was looking forward to you describing to me the time you saw the great white shark. It's going to be sad (laughs) not to see it. Uh, Quickly, just wanted to talk about the Urban Meyer thing. So when it was announced last night that he was fired, I was curious. Once again, it's like this college coach, oh, he's done so much in college, did so much in college. They bring him in. Why didn't it work out? I looked up in the Super Bowl winning coaches, and out of the 55 that have been handed out, with the exception of Pete Carroll and Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer, which kind of is Jimmy Johnson's, That's been the only time. So out of 55, three guys have only gotten it. When is it going to be to where it's like it doesn't matter anymore how great of a college coach it is. It's like like all these guys that win the Super Bowls, they've been in the NFL, they've been defensive line coach, offensive coordinators. They've done stuff in the NFL to prove that they can coach NFL guys. So it's like when is it going to kind of be like, okay, cool, they've won national titles, but what have they done in the NFL? That's my question. You boys have a great week. Thank you, Gus.
3: I think what happens is you build up this resume and you own a town. You own Columbus. You own Gainesville. And then you get to the NFL and you think you can do the same. Well, you can get all the talent, you can recruit, and you can win 10 games. But that doesn't work in the NFL. I mean, Steve Spurrier, he had had it made at Florida. And then all of a sudden – goes, ah, I'm going to try the NFL. Then he goes back to South Carolina, he did pretty well. Hell, he won at Duke. Like, like Spurrier was just a great college coach. Nick Saban is not wired to be an NFL head coach. I mean, he was an average NFL coach. He wasn't there long, but um, it it feels like your ego doesn't get inflated when you're in the NFL as uh, an assistant. And then you graduate to be a head coach. So, so you've worked to get up, but in the system, and you're there with the players. And an offensive coordinator, or defensive coordinator, you have a great relationship with certain players as people. A head coach doesn't have the time to do that. The assistant does, he develops rapport because you have to. The head coach doesn't. No, he's the CEO. And I think that's where you see a lot of these coaches, like Eric Biennemi is not going to get a head coaching job and all of a sudden, you know, his ego is going to be out of control. Or Byron Leftwich. It's because they've been in the system. They've worked in the system. They understand the system. Urban comes in and goes, I can be just like I was in Columbus or Gainesville. And the answer is no, you can't. Steve Spurrier, I can be the old ball coach, head ball coach, like I was in uh, Florida. No, you can't. And that's... And that's the difference, I think. It's the ego of this. You're, you're the main person in college. In the NFL, it's all about players. Take a break. More phone calls coming up. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app.
4: Kane working hard against Sherry. Muscles him off the puck. Kirby Dock's with it. Kirby ducks. shoots. Save made, tips And they tapped in. They score
3: and the Hawks win. That's courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. Caleb Jones is first since March of 2020. And it's a game winner. Discover the Discover credit card. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. Chris in Wisconsin. Hey, Chris,
4: what's on your mind today? Yeah, hey, BP. Just wanted to call in and beat Fritzy to the punch and say, I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars had a head coach, but it was just an urban legend. Oh,
3: okay. Uh, urban myth. That's all I got. Urban, Thanks. urban myth. Urban myth would have been way to go. Do you have mock headlines today? With I don't. The, what? You don't know, have limerick? I <laughs> don't have a limerick No limerick right with what? urban pressure modern. Right
4: what?
3: <laughs> <laughs> So no mock headline, no limerick. We could probably throw a limerick
5: together if we're up for that. Yeah,
3: Maybe sure. next time Urban Meyer is yeah. fired in the middle <laughs> of the night. Uh, this happens all the time. You know, when we're calling around, we want to get the right guest on. You know, big story. And, and, you know, we'll reach out to a lot of different people. And then whenever we hear that somebody is swamped or they can't do it, Paulie always says the same thing to Fritzy. Yes, Paulie.
6: We'll call you next time Urban Meyer gets fired in the middle of the night. and It's a national news story. It, it, it drives me crazy. It's like, um, let's say blank football team upsets uh, Ohio State okay. or Alabama. Right. We'd love to have your coach on. Fritzy does the work. We'd love to have your coach on Monday to talk about it. <laughs> He's a little busy right now. He's out on the recruiting trail. We'll call you next time that uh, Rice upsets Alabama. Oh, boy. What are you doing?
3: If, That's nuts, if, right? I'm if, right. If Rice upset Alabama, I think we'll get
6: Rice as head coach. We've had situations where Yes, we have. I mean, people who will never be <laughs> talked about again on a national <laughs> radio show pass on an interview.
3: Oh, Paulie just takes it so per- like I I take it personally, but I I know that people are busy and yes, I have you know, I think this show takes priority and and I know it shouldn't, but when you reach out to somebody, you're like they can't join us. Oh great! We'll wait till Man, That's <laughs>
6: Next time, uh, Indiana State upsets Duke at Duke.
3: Oh yeah, great. Yeah, next time. Tell him next time. Yes, <laughs> well, They And probably seventy percent of the time too. When you hear oh, so and so's unavailable, but they don't have phones. Right? <laughs> How, what, where do they go? That there's no phones? They don't have a cell phone? That is really? true. That is true. <laughs> we'll we'll get the. Oh, he's unavailable. What do you mean he's unavailable? When is he available? We'll tape it. We'll come back in in the afternoon.
6: Yeah, you give him every option. I, I'll send back a note. Dan is available 24 hours yes. a day to interview your yes. guy. Yes. When, when is he available? Yes. Roger Goodell hasn't had cell phone service since 2012. <laughs> he's just unreachable. No, right no, now. he's unavailable. Unavailable. Sometimes they're unreachable.
3: No. You
5: just cannot Not, physically reach
3: out to them. Can't can't reach him. Yeah. No. It's okay. It's a better story that the commissioner doesn't join us than he does. Yeah, <laughs> no. It's okay. I don't take it personally. I, I, It's a badge of courage. It's pride where he knows that he'll face some tough questions and I'll, you know, be fair to him, but he probably doesn't, you know, like, why do I want to ruin my day? Why do I want to interrupt my day to, you know, have him pepper me with questions? I get it. Now, that doesn't stop the other commissioners from joining us. I mean, Rob Manfred, I'm always asking him tough questions. Yes, McClellan.
5: What's the thing that you and Selig always used to get into? Something about I remember you told the story that he would always get lunch right before the
3: there was something about hot dogs. He'd have a hot dog. He'd listen to our show in that like 30-minute window during lunch. And then, you know, I I, I would say, "Hey, commissioner, we're going to call you." And he'd hear it while he was getting a hot dog at some place in Milwaukee. And then we would talk to the commissioner. He was always available for me. Always. And uh we didn't always agree. He'd get mad at me, but I I could I could at least tell him something. And, and he would answer a question. Sometimes it'd be on the record, sometimes it wouldn't be. But he was at least available, and I always appreciate it. David Stern, we famously butted heads, but he was available. And really, one of the nicest gestures is when he passed away, the NBA reached out and said, you know, we want to invite you to the, uh, to the wake. And it was in the morning and I, you know, I was doing the show, but I I really appreciated that. And I'm sure the commissioner would have gotten a big kick out of that, that they were going to have me there. Final hour coming up. Get some more phone calls. (laughs) More on Urban Meyer being fired. Who might be (laughs) one of the replacements there. One more item. We close out hour two. This past year has brought a lot of change to our lives. And maybe you've changed jobs or considered retirement. And if you are considering retirement, consider this. You need to have the right people to help you if you have enough money to retire. Who's going to handle your retirement accounts? How's that portfolio invested? Retirement's a big deal, big step. When it comes to investing for retirement, most people can't afford to make mistakes. Stiefel doesn't make mistakes. Stiefel's been helping clients like you manage investments for over 130 years. Your Stiefel Financial Advisor helps you create a personalized retirement plan, understand your options for claiming Social Security, implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. Plus, steeple clients have access to steeple's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views so you make more informed decisions regarding your portfolio find your steeple financial advisor at steefel.com s-t-i-f-e-l steefel.com steeple nicholas and company incorporated member sipc and nyse
0: when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 100,000 mile limited warranty you stop thinking about what you can't do